The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Initiative, She-Hulk. Welcome to the Avengers Initiative, She-Hulk, a PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, August 18th, 2022, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on Disney Plus's Marvel's She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Please welcome my co-host, Priscilla Obregón. Hey, everybody. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 1, which was titled A Normal Amount of Rage and debuted August 18th, 2022 via Disney+. Plus. Here's the official synopsis of uh, the episode. Jen Walter's world is turned upside down after a freak accident leaves her with superpowers. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so I'm going to start off as we have with all of these Avengers Initiative uh, podcasts that discuss these Marvel Disney Plus series. And I'm going to ask you, Priscilla, what is your relationship with the She-Hulk character? Are you familiar with her? Did you read her comics? Have you played any Marvel games with her? Like, what's your take on She-Hulk, period, before, you know, what what was your relationship before this series was even announced? Um, I've never actually read her story proper, but um, anytime she pops up in, like, Avengers comics, or you have a video game, like, Marvel vs. Capcom, and, like, you have, like, She-Hulk just popping out there, like... I've played her before, so I've seen She-Hulk around, but I don't, I didn't know anything besides the fact that, like, Hulk gave her a blood transfusion, is causing a blood transfusion, and that automatically made her, like, the She-Hulk, and I knew that she had um, cognizance of what she was doing, as opposed to the Hulk, who is kind of almost DID in the fact that he, he and the Hulk have different personalities, so, I knew enough to know a background of her. Okay. Well, you knew more than I did. Because my only real experience with the She-Hulk is from games. Uh, as I mentioned before, you know, I used to play a game on my phone called Marvel's Contest of Champions. She is a champion on there. Uh, so, I I knew of her because of that initially. And then two years ago, Fortnite did an entire season, a battle pass that was Marvel. And She-Hulk was one of uh, the characters that you can acquire in the battle pass. Uh, And she transforms and everything. She's got a nice little email that does that, which is awesome. Um, So, yes, uh, that was really my experience with She-Hulk 
before the series was announced. And so then after it was announced, like I did do a little bit of research. Like I knew that she was uh, Deadpoolish in the sense that she can break the fourth wall and that kind of stuff. And um, that, that she was sort of lighter and, and a little bit more fun than the Hulk. So I was looking forward to that. And now we're here with the show. Uh, were you excited? Are you an orphan black person when uh, um, Tatiana, um, how do you pronounce the last name? Maslani? Maslani. Were you excited when Tatiana uh, Maslani was announced as Jennifer Walters? I was hype. I was like, is this terrible that I was like, finally a good actress in the show? Like, cause Ooh. Because cause she's amazing in Orphan Black. Like, if anyone hasn't seen Orphan Black, go put it on your queue. Cause I've never she, seen Orphan Black. You should. She plays, I will, like, I promise. It's on my list. characters. I've heard. And all of them different. I've heard that, too. Oh I, I, it's on my I'm list. So I just haven't yet. But uh, I know everyone always talks about it, and then I sit quietly because I don't have anything to say. So, <laughs> oh, so you were just kind of like, I don't know who this bitch is, but I'm happy. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I know of the show, so I do know of her status because everybody, you know, always, like, whenever anybody talks about Orphan Black, like you just did, you always talk about Tatiana Maslany. Like, it, it is, it's it's like, it's like the law. Like, when you talk about Orphan Black, you have to talk about this woman. So I know she is fantastic. I know she's amazing. Like, I remember, you know, because of what we do here with podcasting, you know, I do keep up with pop culture, and I have my favorite pop culture TV sites, and, like, Every year when it was the Emmys, like everyone would be so mad that she would not be winning Emmys for Orphan Black. Like, like I remember how hardcore people are about her. So I was like, when I heard that, I was like, all right, like I'm excited. Like, I didn't say it like you, because no shade to the rest of the Disney plus Marvel people or the Marvel people, period. You know, I feel like we have some good people out there. So it wasn't like that, but I was like, okay, like, I know she is acclaimed, so this should be interesting. And scrolling through her, like, IMDb, like, I don't feel like I've ever seen her in, like, anything, which is kind of fascinating. Like, I don't know how I've, like, avoided her, but I have. So this is really the first time that I'm watching her period. And I liked her. Like, I thought she did a really good job as Jennifer. It kind of threw me that we didn't really get, we got an origin story episode, but we didn't get it like timeline continuity wise in order. Like when we start off the episode, she's, you know, accomplished attorney and then there's a little line of like you could hulk out and then she addresses us and she's like oh yeah i am a hulk let me tell you how it happened and then the rest of the episode the majority of the episode like 90 percent of the episode is the flashback of how it happened and uh, her sort of 
realizing her relationship with her Hulk side. So that was kind of surprising to me. Um, what did you think of that, Priscilla? Like, did you like that they did the origin that way? So in essence, her origin story is the is in the past, and it's all done in, via flashback and extended flashback. So I liked the fact that they started in Medias Res. I was always told that like that's the strongest way to start something by starting it in the middle, like when the action is already happening. And then going back and saying your introduction, like, it, it draws the attention of the viewer more. But um, what made me surprised is that this first episode was supposed to be, what, the sixth or the eighth episode? But Disney saw it in release and was like, we don't like this, um, change it. So this is the first episode instead of the sixth or the eighth. I forgot which one. But um, as soon as I heard that, I was like, how was this able to be so far behind all the others like it i completely agree with disney's choice to put this as the first one because you have to have an intro to your character that's interesting i don't think i read that like so are you saying that when they were mapping out the series this was a later episode and then they made it the first one and i'm assuming they sort of um uh tweaked it so that it could be a premiere episode or yes. are you saying that it was already done and then they just plucked it out as, you know, a later episode and made it the first one? I think that they had already, like, gotten the script for it and they, they told them to switch it so, it so it would be the first episode. Okay, so then I'm assuming because it was just a script, they, would, they were able to tweak it to make it mm-hmm. a first episode. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. I'm still, my head is trying to process that because it's like, um, after hearing what you said, like, I, I do agree with that. Like, I wonder, I, well, I would assume if it was just a script, then they were able to tweak all the other episodes and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, what did you think about the fourth wall breakage? We got it at the start, we got it at the end, after the flashback, we got it once in the middle of the flashback, and uh, she seemed surprised when she broke the fourth wall. So that might have been the first time that she did it. What's your interpretation of it? I have read that we are going to get an explanation for it. Do you have your own explanation for why she's doing it outside of the fact that she kind of needs to do it because then when Deadpool does it it's going to seem normal (laughs) it's from what I've heard of her I know that she does it in the comics so I was expecting her to do that in this series and as soon as she addresses the audience I'm like okay so she knows the the fact that there is an audience watching as opposed to um other people in the MCU that are, like, kind of stuck in their universe and play it as is, as who they are, integral to the story, as opposed to just being outside of the story like Deadpool. But I think she did it first before Deadpool did it. So, I don't know. Like, I I really liked it. I I don't think there is. I hope there isn't an explanation because you know how explanations sometimes ruin it and take the magic out of it? Like... This 
is magical in and of itself. Like it just it just means that she's smart and savvy enough to know that we're watching. That we are, yes. I feel like I did read that we will be getting a proper explanation for it because there is an explanation for it, if I'm not mistaken, in the comics. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I need an explanation. Uh, yeah, I did like how when it first happened, like she was very surprised that she did it. Um, so that was kind of cute. Uh, it was almost like, oh, this, that's a little strange. And, and yeah, it, that worked for me. Um, okay. So her getting the Hulk powers, at the end of the day, it was a blood transfusion, you know, because blood was transferred. <laughs> but it wasn't the typical blood transfusion. Uh, what did you think of uh, the way that they expressed that in this series? Well, I've seen the Hulk movies, so it would make no sense that, like, someone who's gotten, say, eight PhDs the way Bruce Banner has, and who's gone through so much shit and is on the run from the, like, from the government for so long, before, like, it takes until Avengers, I think, where he's finally like, not on the run anymore, and is safe with Tony. So it didn't make sense for them to like say, okay, we're going to go back and we're going to make Hulk give his cousin a blood transfusion because they're the only ones that have like the correct blood type at this very moment. Like he, d he doesn't seem the type to do that. He seems the type to like kind of eye zombie it and be like, we don't need another Hulk. So if you need my blood transfusion, you need to get it from somebody else because, I'm not going to give you my blood. Like, it just, it made no sense. So this blood transfusion in quotations, like, made more sense to me that it would be an accident, that he wasn't in his right frame of mind to warn her completely. Because he did try and warn her by being like, no, my blood, you have to, like, stay away. Like, he, he murmured that. But for it to have been a complete accident, for it to, like, kind of, like, little droplets of it go on her cut, like, made sense. It doesn't make biological sense, but then again, nothing in the MCU really does. If you have, like, witch people and people with glowing hands and super people with the serum, so if you're going to hand wave all that, you better hand wave this, too. I, I liked this this um explanation. Shout out to the witch people and the people with the glowing hands in the MCU. I love the very simplistic explanation of that, Priscilla. It, it tickled me. Um, the people with the glowing hands. Uh, you know who you are. Um, okay, I liked it as well. It was simple but effective. And it worked. And it also is setting up something bigger because the reason why they crashed and why... You know, the the blood uh, dropped, you know, Bruce's blood dropped on Jennifer's wound is because of a Sakaran spaceship, uh, which, you know, for people that even know just a tiny bit of the Hulk from the comics, like myself, because I have not read the comics, but I know a tiny bit about it. That's a huge setup to something incredibly big. And based off of the recent news about uh, what Marvel can and cannot do with the Hulk, I feel like 
we're going to get a huge announcement uh, at, either at um, at the uh, D23. D23 or, uh, well, actually, Disney Day is around the time of D23. So maybe, you know, either Disney Day or Disney Plus Day, I think is what it's called, or D23. We're going to hear something huge, which um, is kind of exciting. It's long overdue for uh, the Jade Giants. So you're gonna keep it in 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 the air what it is, or you're not? Are you, are oh, you a World it? War Hulk. Yeah, I was like thinking Planet Hulk, but I... or both. I mean, well, technically, well, doesn't Planet Hulk lead to World War Hulk? I mean, it, yeah, yeah. So I, I think either could be the next thing. I mean, it depends on what they want to call it. But uh, yeah, and and based off of the fact um, that they are setting up a next generation of uh, Avengers. I mean it would not be that surprising. Um I'll just leave it at that. I don't know if I don't want yeah, listeners if you don't know what we're talking about, you could do your own research. <laughs> but um, you know, I'm trying not to, to do mention... too much spoilers. Yes. I do want to ask a question. Go ahead. Is the card yeah. the kingdom that the Hulk and Thor were at in um the second Thor movie? It, or is the car the planet Hulk um, planet, or is it both? Sakar was in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, so it could it, it could be nothing. Maybe it, it could be just that they're sending a message from there uh, for what's going to come up with um, Samuel L. Jackson's series. Since it's from space. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it could, yeah. At the end of the day, it could just be that. But based off of the fact that allegedly Marvel can actually, potentially, maybe do a whole Hulk movie. Um, I'm thinking it might be something a little bit bigger. That's what I think. I, I could be wrong. You know, they could uh, they could do something completely different. But as I said, you know, the fact that they're setting up a next generation of Avengers, the fact that allegedly, based off of reports, you know, uh, the contract that Marvel had with Universal, because Universal has sort of controlling rights to, what do you call it, to uh, produce and distribute a Hulk movie, like a standalone movie. The fact that that expires, I believe it's next year. Um, I think it's leading everybody to assume that something even bigger is going to happen than just, you know, it's a message from, you know, Nick Fury about this, that, or the other. That's what I think. Maybe I'm, Maybe we're all getting too hyped. Maybe it is nothing. Maybe it's just, it's, it's, you know, the Grandmaster saying, come back and be a champion or something. I really didn't like the fact that they hand-waved it. That they were just kind of like, this giant thing happened. So anyways, and I was like, what? Aren't you going to at least give us, like, a little hint as to what happened there? Well, I think they had to handle a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, I did read, this is a tiny spoiler for the next episode, that uh, we get much more information in the next episode. So there's something to look forward to for next week. So she hulks out for the first time. And can I just say, for me, 
the tiniest moment in this show that brought me so much joy was when she went into that, you know, restaurants, cantinas, uh, bathroom, and the women go to the bathroom and they help her out. I just thought it was so beautiful. I don't know if you liked it, but it was just a tiny moment for me that just seemed incredibly real and almost like, you know, like sisterhood. Like, you know, it looks like you've been doing something happened to you. We're here for you. We got you. And I don't know if we're ever going to see any of these characters again. I don't think they're going to be like the uh, LARPers from um, Hawkeye. But the fact that they were there for her was just wonderful to me i don't know i don't know if you cared about that tiny moment priscilla oh no that was that was my favorite moment of the episode like besides the moment that i'll mention later but um yeah i really loved the fact that like they got the fact that girls go into the bathroom in groups and this bath this these girls made me feel like they were at a bachelorette party or something because like yeah so it just it made sense and the fact that they saw her and were like, oh, sweetie, like, is someone beating you up? Like, it's the first thing that I would have thought of, too, had I seen someone with, like, bruises and cuts and, like, a ripped shirt at a bar. Like, that's the first thing I would have thought of, too. So it made sense. And the fact that they were like, you need a cell phone? Oh, sure. And all of them bring out the cell phones? Like, it was just sweet. I... I loved these characters. They they brought life to what could have been a really, like, minor thing that meant nothing. Like, it showed solidarity of um, women. 100%. And I think, once again, you know, just going back to representation, you know, in front of and behind the camera. I mean, the fact that the head writer is a woman, the director was a woman, uh, you know... Uh, it, 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 that just adds to, it adds to, you know, bringing authentic stories to life on the screen. I mean, there was this moment, and I don't know if you liked it, but the, the other moment in the episode that stands out that I just felt was very real and real life was when Jennifer was talking to Bruce, you know, because Bruce, you know, ends up picking her up and uh, in essence ends up, uh, well, first trying to find out what triggers her Hulkness. But then once he realizes that, you know, it's not, you know, a split personality type of situation, you know, it's not two voices in his head, you know, she is always in the driver's seat. You know, he keeps on like trying to warn her about triggers and not getting too angry and this, that, or the other. And then she ends up giving probably one of the realest lines um, in the MCU about just women, period. You know, I have to control myself every day, you know, from the cat calls, from this, that, or the other. You know, I could just die by being a woman. And I was like, Damn, MCU, for bringing realness into this production. Uh, what did you think about that, Priscilla? Oh, my God. Like, it's hilarious that you liked it because I hated it. You did. You thought it was too You thought it was too much? I thought it was on the nose. Like, 
hardcore. And I remember watching this with my husband and being like, a woman would never say this. Like, even to her family members, like, it's just something that you live. So why would you have to, like, just blank out, make a whole essay about it and say it? Like, I don't know. It, and they framed it as if the Hulk was mansplaining, but he was in the right. He was, like, he was... He was trying to warn her, like, the, the dangers of being a Hulk, and she was just being really flippant about it. So, like, I don't know. I hated that scene so much. Really? See, I had the opposite reaction. Um, like, I didn't fully feel like the Hulk was mansplaining. Like, I felt like he was trying his best to help her out. But at the end of the day... She's a woman and she has, you know, she the way that she expressed it is, you know, she has moments throughout the day when she could get enraged. And, uh, you know, she, you know, she has experience of controlling her rage. So I didn't feel like he was mansplaining, um, but I didn't mind it, the conversation. Like, it's interesting, the two different reactions. Um yeah, I, I didn't mind it. In my mind, I was like, the dude bros online are not going to like it. Because <laughs> they're already bombarding this with uh, negative reviews. Uh, much like Ms. Marvel, much like uh, Black Panther, um, it, it, much like Eternals. Uh, it seems like anything that steps away from, uh, you know, straight white men in uh, the MCU seems to get their ire. Um, which all I can say is, you know, the MC is going to keep on getting more and more diverse. So buckle up, buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are going to be doing a whole bunch of typing in the, in the future. Is it weird that, like, I like the fact that Marvel decided um, that before, before when it was um, other people at the helm of Marvel, they were like, who buys toys? Boys. Who um, goes on to buy toys for the boys and, like, makes opinions for them? 30-year-old men. So we're going to make stuff for them in mind. And now, like, Disney decided all of a sudden, like, we need minorities. We need women. We need girls to buy toys. They're uh, they're a subset of the population that we just haven't targeted yet. So we're going to target them with stuff that would appeal to them, people that would make them feel like they're included in on this. And I think it pisses off, like, men, like, that 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 subset of, like, of insular men that, like, don't like, that probably are white and probably are around 30 years old and just don't like diversity. So... And like being the special person and anything like that, that, that challenges that and isn't like clean cut Steve Rogers, Captain America pisses them off. So when they review bombed in IMDb, I was like, oh God, this is so childish and complete. Like nobody's going to believe in this. Everybody's going to believe the Rotten Tomatoes 88% positive thing before. So I don't know. I I roll my eyes at that. It's it's a very it's a very childish reaction to things. Right? Yeah. I I don't know if your take on it is what it is. Like I don't know if it's that Disney or Marvel was like, you know, I we want, 
you know, all these people to buy the toys. What I do think it's just the trend in media, you know, over the past, you know, definitely within the past five years, you know, we've been getting incredibly diverse television programming. And ever since BLM and, and that movement, you know, we, we, as in, you know, well, I'm saying we, like, well, I guess we're podcasting, so we're in the media, whether we want to or not. But, like, the media in general, uh, you know, the producers, the directors, casting, the networks, the production companies, you know, the big conglomerates and all that kind of stuff, they are wanting to create incredibly diverse programming. Because let's be real, I mean, I forget what the stat is, but I think in 20 or 30 years... Uh, this will be a majority-minority country. Like, white people will not be the majority anymore. Uh, we can get into, that's a whole different conversation about politics and how people are trying to deal with that separately. But at the end of the day, this will be a majority-minority country. And uh, that representation has never really been fully expressed on television so, uh, or, or in media, like, period. So Marvel and other companies, like, realizing this and focusing on being incredibly diverse in its casting, expressing diversity in, uh, you know, its various productions, I think really is just a modern-day company not trying to be woke or any of that, um, because that's what they seem to think. Well, they're being so woke. It isn't necessarily that. It's just realizing that the country and the demographics are changing. And, uh, you know, if we want to be embraced by the majority, like, we need to start telling the stories of, you know, these pockets of communities that haven't been represented before. I mean, you know, the big mantra now in media is representation matters and and it's truthful though representation does matter you know it changes people's perspectives it uh, allows people to get to know you know communities that maybe they've never been exposed to and it also you know affects the lives you know of younger people you know who turn on the tv or press play on a streaming service, and they see themselves for the first time on the screen. Like, we, I know we've seen, I'm assuming you've seen the same videos that I've seen, uh, Priscilla, like when Encanto came out, and like all these little, you know, black and brown kids, you know, they see someone on the screen that looks like them. Like, it's a big deal for people when they see someone that they can identify with on the screen. So I think that's what's happening. We we changed. Well, I guess we were talking about the dude bros, but I was like we we went into like some deep conversation right now about the media, which was fantastic. Do you I have know, anything was, to add, uh, Priscilla before we jump no, back into the She-Hulk? No, I I know I was super excited when we got like America Chavez and I was super excited for the new Wakanda Forever where we get more um, Mexican characters like not Mexican characters, but, like, Mexican-American actors and Mexican actors, like, coming out. So I can, like, as a POC myself, like, I know how it feels to be represented, and it it feels good. So I'm glad that 
Tatiana Maslany, even though like she's white, like she's she's a woman, so it's fifty percent of the population there, like getting representation. So it's it's like it's a good feeling to get with the times. One hundred percent. So let's talk about the training montage in general. What did you think of it? Uh, your thoughts on sort of everything in the flashback, all the new little tidbits of information that we learned, much like during the blip, the Hulk and Stark apparently went down to Mexico. Stark had a uh, you know facility built for him, and Stark ended up actually building a basically a, a cantina, you know, a little bar for. Uh, for uh, uh, Bruce. Bruce's bar. That that little sign on th- at the top was super cute. And I liked, like, it brought me back to the cabin before, the one that Steve was in in the movie, and the carvings that they had on there, the, the, the carvings that they had on the bar. Like, I, I really liked that. I thought it was very sweet. And when... She destroyed it. She and him destroyed it. I was like, no, what happened to the carving? Are they going to, like, bring it back? And so when I saw her, like, using nail polish and, like, uh, a knife to, to bring it back, I was like, yay. That, that's that's good. That's some sweet stuff. Did you like that it was all sort of handled in this one episode versus, you know, getting multiple episodes of training? Um, what did you think of how Jennifer sort of was reacting to the training. Because at the end of the day, Bruce was doing two different things. Bruce was trying to help her, you know, acclimate to being a Hulk. But he was also explaining to her throughout the whole thing that whether she wanted to be or not, she's a superhero. And she needs to think about her life as being changed. And in essence, she doesn't want to abandon her life. You know, this is all new to her, and she really wants to be a lawyer. She wants to help people, you know, by being a lawyer. So she is, you know, basically trying to um, repel any thought about her being a superhero. She's rejecting it. She's not accepting it. What's your take on that? I, like, I liked the comparison, but is it weird? And I'm going to say this. And I'm, I'm, this is, like, the last time I'm going to say it because I know it's going to be a recurring problem. But having She-Hulk compared to the Hulk in so many scenes really showed that the CGI is weak on She-Hulk. Like, she looked more like a cartoon, even though she has more realistic proportions than Hulk did. So, just, I, I did, I, my, I disliked it. Once I got used to it, I was like, okay, now let me see the actions and and um, judge it based off of that. And I really liked the fact that they didn't make her weaker. They just made her different in terms of, like, say, the clap that the Hulk does, the supersonic clap. She can do it, too. It's smaller, but it's still, like, just as powerful. It can still, like, knock out the Hulk and... Stuff like throwing a rock. He's still going to, like, throw a rock to outer space to show her and to one-up her. But it just it insinuated that 
she's just as powerful as, as as he is and could probably do it if she wanted to. She just would prefer not to. And I loved the fact that he's trying so hard to um show her like his ways and like the zen ways and he's trying to tell her like it's important for you to have balance because I have like no balance in my life whatsoever and like I need to like I, I, I need to show you how to be a superhero because it's it's that whole with great power comes great responsibility like spiel and She's having none of it because she's like, I'm a lawyer. That's what I want to be. Maybe I'll turn green like a couple of times when I get pissed off. But that's it. And you are different from me because I know how to handle myself when I'm pissed off. And it's because I've been handling myself all of this time. So step off. I loved the Jeep scene where she got pissed at him and yelled at him. I thought that was really strong can i just say just to go back really quick talking about uh the hulk throwing a rock there was a fantastic meme online of like you know pov of the mexican town where the rock fragments are landing and it's like chaos people you know it was i think it was from a cartoon (laughs) and like the cartoons are running and screaming as you know you know destruction in the town is going on because of the rocks, and I was just like, "Oh, that's so funny." And probably true, but maybe not. Let's hope. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> because there was that one that he threw really far, and it exploded. And it's like, "Where? where well, where is that gonna land?" <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all are on a private beach, you know, rumbling, and that makes sense. But I'm assuming there are towns and villages and stuff all around, uh, you know, vacation hotspots. So, like, hey, calm down, people. <laughs> that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Yes. The, the casualties. Uh, this uh, is why I'm sad that Damage Control wasn't actually like a comedy series that 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 showed up. Yeah, it, that it was originally it, supposed yeah. to be. That would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like the mundane stuff. Uh, I know DC tried to do something like that. Uh, maybe that's why they decided not to do damage control because they were like they saw that DC one and they were like mm, maybe not. But I think a The Office style damage control series where it's like a bunch of like bumbling idiots in this sort of you know bureaucratic organization, but at the end of the day they get shit done, and you know towns are cleaned up, cities are fixed, you know. Things are patched up. That would have been interesting. Like, even as a Disney Plus series, I think that would be interesting. Unfortunately, they did make Damage Control kind of a little nefarious in uh, Ms. Marvel. But if they wanted to go back and make it that way, you know, the way the original vision that they had, I think that could have been interesting. Like, I find the cleanup incredibly fascinating. And there could be flashbacks to specific events. I mean, we've seen so many movies now that and there's so many sort of like big chaotic or even small, you know, destructive moments that they could flash back to that I think would be incredibly easter eggy and uh sort of like geeky nerdy heaven 
for all of us that have watched all of these movies. And let's be real, there are a lot of us that have watched all these movies, whether in the theater or binging them on Disney+. Plus. People are always watching Marvel movies, and I think that would be kind of fascinating. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I don't think it's likely, but especially considering the failure of DCs. But is it is it really snobbish of me to say that Marvel does things better because they're under Disney, so I would right. expect them to do better with it? So yeah. yeah, it sounds wrong. The DC people hate it when we say that, but it's true. Like y'all are in a mess right now, so. Yeah, just read the news. <laughs> Warner Dis- Brothers Discoveries. It's <laughs> it's something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. What did we cover? Um, okay, there were a couple of interesting revelations while they were doing the whole training montage, the whole yoga thing, and, and, and that kind of stuff to, to get Jennifer Zen. And I think the most important thing that will be said, or that was said, that will potentially, maybe, be something important in this series is the fact that Bruce was incredibly adamant that, as you said, she's different than he is. Her blood is different. Her gamma radiation, whatever, whatever, in her body is different. So she's going to have to be very careful because if he made her into a Hulk, like, since she is incredibly different, like, she's going to have to watch out in regards to that. Like, he even destroyed blood samples and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like that could potentially be something that comes back later on. Did you notice that as well? Is that what you think? Oh, no, I completely agree. Like, Hulk's blood seems to, like, always get, like, caught up with people, and that's how they make, like, Red Hulk and Grey Hulk and the Abomination, and, like, it he's just really lax with his blood, it seems. But if the super soldier serum was brought back from um, Captain America, and he, like, they only had one, apparently, but afterwards they have a million of them a million of serums going everywhere like of course the blood is going to come back if not this season then next season if we get another season like or another movie like it's just it was brought up for a reason for if if it hadn't have been important it wouldn't have been brought up yeah what did you think of how they explained hulk's um, various different uh, looks. And by that I mean, you know, the internet seemed to have very strong opinions about the continuity of just Bruce and the Hulk, period. You know, because we've seen him at different times and, uh, you know, he was injured after the previous movie, but then when we saw him again, he was the smart Hulk. And so that was kind of sort of explained in the episode. And I feel like for me, as someone who didn't really make a big deal out of that, I felt like the explanation was fine enough. Were you satisfied with that explanation? I was, I'm kind of in your boat that like, it never bothered me that he was Hulk for two years. And then he was, smart hook for a while and then he was 
before that in the movies, he's been Bruce Banner slash Hulk, like, and switching in and out for a long time. So, like, it never bothered me because I, I always assumed that the explanation he gave in the in this this TV series She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, like, it it made sense. Like, that's how... I thought I thought it didn't need to be said because it was obvious. Like it, it, that seems also like really shady. But um, <laughs> that's how that's how I felt. Like it was it. I felt like it was. I actually felt like when he, when he was trying to explain that, like it was for the fanboys that have that have always been like complaining about it to the MCU to Disney and for all of us that are okay with it, it just felt kind of like a waste of time. Yeah. Well, I didn't think it was a waste of time, but it, I feel like it satisfied, it satiated, at least one will hope, the fan base that was always questioning stuff. You know, because like, why was his arm broken at the end of this? And he's okay here now? And like, you know, like, okay. Like, you got your explanation. For me, it was interesting. I mean, it was something. But it wasn't like my most pressing issue about the Hulk. So, I'm glad they did it. Because, you know, I think continuity is important. You know, I'm a bit of a continuity police, you know, when, when, you know, I'm podcasting, you know, because I notice that stuff. But in here, like, it didn't make sense to me because kind of, I'm not, it didn't make sense. It wasn't that big deal for me. It wasn't that big of a deal because of basically the same reasons you said, like, you know, I'm here, I'm watching, I'm going with the flow and I kind of assume stuff anyway. So it was fine. What did you think of the overall tone for the series because sure there were some serious moments sure there were some tender moments but for the most part it was very light it was very comedic i will say i feel like they handled the comedy really well because i sometimes when uh, we've seen uh you know shows that you don't typically or or, or characters and productions that you don't typically see comedy being in there but sometimes when they use the comedy you know it's it can be used in a way to make fun of the characters whereas for me at least here i feel like even with the comedy like all of the characters were treated with respect like i don't feel like anybody was genuinely the butt of the joke i i think there were a lot of jokes and light-hearted moments and uh, I thought the comedy aspect different than what we're used to, but it, it worked in this setting. And I think the fourth wall breaking kind of uh, helped set the tone that there would be comedy elements. Because, you know, at some point she's like, oh, yeah, you know, this lawyer show and that sort of thing. What's your take on just the comedy in general, Priscilla? Um, for this, I'm going to have to go back to when they were planning She-Hulk. So when they revealed that it was going to be um, 30-ish minutes long without a commercial, like, that's about how you're going to get, like, I automatically knew it was going to be a comedy. Like, it just, whenever they do action and stuff like that, or, like, for Daredevil or for, um, 
going back to Miss Marvel, like, recently. Like, it's, they're always, like, 45, 40 minutes long. And whenever they do comedy, like, say, Parks and Recreation or The Office and stuff like that, it's it's always shorter. Because they don't need to cover as much bases. It's it's meant to amuse you as opposed to um, make you think. And I liked I liked the balance they gave you. You're completely right that they didn't have a butt of the joke. Like they didn't have Bruce be idiotic or something like that. Like everything was in character, and I liked that. But is it weird that I expected more from the show? Like I when I heard that She Hulk was coming. I was expecting, like, courtroom scenes, like, Daredevils in Netflix or, hell, even, like, Law and Order. Like, I was expecting something like that where, where they twist things in a courtroom setting but with superheroes. And instead, we didn't get that. So, it in that disappointed me. Okay. But that's, okay, I get what you're saying. I feel like we will be getting a lot of courtroom scenes, especially because in this episode, I mean, she's incredibly adamant about, I'm a lawyer, I studied the law, I want to be a lawyer, I still want to be a lawyer, I'm going to help the people by being a lawyer. So I think we are going to get that. I think it's it's, it's difficult, I think it would have been difficult to balance courtroom theatrics and dealing with her origin story. Uh, so we kind of got it with the bookends. You know, we saw her at the office at the firm, and then we saw her in a trial. It was all very brief, but that's because the majority of the episode was the origin story. Now that they've gotten that out the way, you know, we can see how they're going to balance, you know, any sort of superheroics and the courtroom stuff. If I'm being honest, I don't know if we're going to see much superheroics just because, I mean, she's already stated how she really wants to be a lawyer. So I think a lot of the series is going to be really Jennifer balancing being the lawyer and the Hulk, um, you know, and a Hulk, I should say, because there, there is the Hulk, but being the a lawyer and a Hulk at the same time and just dealing with that and maybe even dealing with the celebrity of that. Um, clearly we do have somebody there that, that, you know, might end up being a rival. And so that's where we'll get some super heroics, but I don't know if she's going to be saving the day every episode, you know? And I also do wonder, will we get a twist with this series? Because, WandaVision started off as a 30-minute show, and then it evolved into something else by the end of its run. Now, clearly, we were dealing with something very different, and there was a reason why it was a 30-minute show in the beginning and all that kind of stuff. But do you think that there will be a twist at a certain point, or do you think this is just going to be a straight-up, light-hearted, legal, you know, comedy throughout its nine episode run. Um is did you ever um read that latest interview with um I think it was the head writer of She Hulk where they were talking about what we can expect from the series and she's like, Well, I wouldn't expect a lot of like 
courtroom drama because we realized when we were writing it that none of us can write it well. And I was like, no, <laughs> that sucks. How are you doing She-Hulk and you can't do courtroom scenes well? So I'm fairly certain that these comedy writers are going to like rely on their strengths and do comedy. And I really don't think it. this is one of those WandaVision things where there's going to be a twist at the end. Okay. And I'll be honest, if they know that they can't write those scenes, I'm glad that they're not writing those scenes. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um... I do feel like we will see courtroom scenes, though, uh, just because, like, I know we're going to be seeing Matt Murdock at a certain point, and I did read that it, it it's going to start off in the court. So whether it's a court scene or them being just in the courthouse, I feel like we will see some of that. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to be seeing cases and that sort of thing, but we'll have to stay tuned in regards to that. So let's catch up with uh, the present and uh, we have Jennifer and her team going to the courthouse to fight a case and everything is interrupted by a mysterious woman we know who she is Titania and uh, Jennifer hulks out for the first time publicly although her friend knows that she she's a hulk this is the first time she's ever done it publicly. And uh, she tosses Titania against the wall like a rag doll. Like, it was, it's embarrassing. Like, because she came in with all this swagger. Like, she was everything. She was like, I don't know what she was going to do. But she was like, I'm making y'all my bitches. And uh, She-Hulk just, like, swatted her and <laughs> took her down. <laughs> Which... I mean, I feel like I would be all up in my feelings if I was Titania. But um, Priscilla, your thoughts on uh, Titania? I am so glad that they cast Jamila Jamil. I saw her in The Good Place, and she was beautiful, epic. Like, and the fact that she's playing like a, a villain, like a part of me was super disappointed that I didn't actually get like much of like talking from her it was just mainly action but she did it really well and, and she'd been posting on instagram her um fight choreography and how she like twists it because she's listening to britney spears in the background and stuff like that and she starts dancing she's really goofy but um when i saw those fight choreography like little scenes little tidbits i was super pumped for this so i liked the the kick and the explosion like the kool-aid man into the courtroom and i'm looking forward she was to... the kool-aid man wasn't she yeah I'm, I'm hoping that that they give an explanation but because the comedy series maybe you really don't need one maybe she just is a villain who likes causing drama because she is the drama she is the everything like i i like it the one critique i will give she looked like a wrestler. Like, she didn't look like a supervillain. She looked like the, the, the costuming itself looks a little cheap. But other than that, like, I, I, I got a kick out of her. That's so funny. She looked like a wrestler. I love it. I love it. What did you think of uh, the closing credits? We've talked about the closing credits before. Uh, this time around... Um, instead of like concept art or, or art that mimics, you know, the style of like 
the original comic book and that sort of thing. We got courtroom sketches. What did you think of them, Priscilla? I liked the courtroom sketches. I hated the Who's That Girl by Eve in the background. I'm like, again, with the on-the-nose thing about girl power, like, you might as well have played I'm Just a Girl by No Doubt. Like, it's pretty much the same shit. Like, I, I, I feel like they're more subtle about their influences. Like, Moon Knight was epic with its background music, and so was... Um, Miss Marvel with their background music and I felt like this one was very on the nose. Maybe it's because... Well, I don't think the background music I'm assuming that's not the actual song because usually they have either original music or sometimes as we've seen with other shows like the song at the end kind of bleeds into the closing credits. I think well, I like the song Who's That Girl by Eve. Uh, I think the horns in that song is, is ridiculous. And I have a couple different remixes that feature the horns. It's just fantastic. But um, So I didn't mind it. But I think because they had played it, you know, after she sort of kicked <laughs> Titania's ass uh, so effortlessly, uh, the song was appropriate in that moment. Uh I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's... I could be wrong. Next week you'll be like, they played it again! You said it was just a one-time thing. I'm assuming it's a one-time thing. Uh, I don't think they're going to be playing it again during the credits. So, yeah. I, if that calms your issues with no, it. No, I, I, I completely agree. I think, I think it's going to be a one-off thing. But I just felt that this one was, like, really on the nose. Oh, okay. All right. We have a, a mid-credit scene, which was for comedy, but so there was like a recurring theme at the start of the episode. Wait, shout out to people eating um, Cheetos with chopsticks. Uh, that's genius. Uh, I, I never thought. Uh, but um, there is a recurring theme of like her being obsessed with knowing if Captain America was a virgin. You know, because I think the internet also talks about him. Did he die a virgin? I never thought he died a virgin. But anyway, I guess, you know, people talk. And uh, she gets confirmation from Bruce that he didn't. And so we get a bit of a comedy w with the F word, which um, if we've seen any of the Spider-Man movies, Marvel seems obsessed with characters saying but not saying the F word. And I'm, and I... I knew you were going to get to this part. So this is my favorite part of the episode. I loved, I loved the fact that they finally had confirmation that he, that he um, exploded and said something like that. And if I critiqued the whole fans really want explanations for the Hulk, I was one of those people that like, I wanted explanations for Captain America. And, oh like, my God. Past. So this was epic for me. I loved it. This is confirmation that he was not a virgin. I mean, he went back to live with Peggy. Do you think they did not have sex? Oh, no. I'm talking about before that. Like, after after Civil War. After Civil War, I was, I was like, did he bang anyone? Did he bang, uh, uh, like, Agent Carter? Or was that just, like... A flirtation that led to nowhere before he could be with her aunt again in the past. Like, I'm wondering, how long did it take him for, for him to finally bone someone? That's... Uh, so, it was just it oh was a fact here in my head. I love it. I don't think he banged Sharon. 
Um, he definitely did bang Peggy when he went back in time. Before that, well, clearly now we have confirmation that he banged. Um, but, I mean, I always assumed that he had had sex. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not something that I thought about a lot. But apparently it is a big deal online. So everybody's mind was blown. Um, can I just say the thing that I enjoyed the most about it is the fact that they brought back That's America's Ass by her saying, that ass. It just, that cracked me up. Because I was like, you know, they've turned uh, Captain America's booty into like a recurring like gag and that was hilarious to me yeah i think this whole this whole series is gonna be like callbacks to other media and in, in the mcu so i'm looking forward to seeing what what they have in store like i think it's it's just so good and you, the fact you brought up the chopsticks thing i like i've heard that before from other girls who do it i don't do it because i love the cheetos dust but um yeah I, I, I like little little tidbits and traits like that. I think it's good. Yeah. When the car was flipping over and we just saw the Cheetos in the air, I'm like, look at y'all using chopsticks for not because the, the dust is going to go everywhere. Uh, so funny. Was there anything that I missed, Priscilla? A tiny little moment uh, that you would like to discuss? Uh, a tiny moment, a big moment, anything? Uh, Was... The other, um, was the other lawyer, the the male lawyer, um, Pug, or was that somebody else? Um, oh, was he Pug? No, 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 I know who the actor that plays Pug. No, that was somebody else. Oh, okay. So, I'm, I'm glad, because Pug is supposed to have a crush on her, and he's supposed to, like, be likable, and this, this asshole was a pain in the ass. I hated him. Yes, he was an asshole. He was a pain in the ass. Uh, no, he's not our likable uh, pug. Um, the person I was most looking forward to is uh, to seeing at least is Renee, at least uh, Goldsberry. So we did not get any of her in this episode, which I was very disappointed. So uh, I look forward to seeing her again at a certain point. But once again, this was an origin story. And if we saw the end credits at the end that was playing... Who's that girl? And it was annoying Priscilla. Um, there were a lot of empty spots when they were doing the cast section. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there are plenty of people that are regular or regular-ish on this series that were not there at all in this episode. So, stay tuned. All right. Now it's time for the MVP. The most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, choose wisely. Priscilla, who is your MVP and why? I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take the main one here. I'm going to have to take Tatiana Mazzani as She-Hulk. She was so, like, entertaining. And even in scenes where I was like, this is very much on the nose. This is very much, like, girl power. Like... I, I liked her. I thought she was likable. And she brought life to She-Hulk. It, it got to the point where I'm one of those people that's, like, really comics accurate and really likes when my characters look like they just came out of the page of a comic. But I liked her so much that I was like, oh, her cute curly hair. Why can't it be part of the She-Hulk costume? Why, why does it have to go into straightened, wavy hair? Like, what the fuck is up with that? But, like... 
I loved her. I thought that she was she balanced comedy and just sheer brutality so well. So yeah, definitely She Hulk. It's the gamma radiations. They work as a relaxer. Is that what it's called? A relaxer? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, good. I, I got it right. I've heard the term, but I have no idea what it is. But okay, good. All right. So you picked the right choice. And let's be real. There's really only other choice. Because as much as I could give it to Titania for like 30 seconds of uh, villainous posturing, which I think I could probably defend it, uh, I have to give it to uh, Bruce Banner slash the Hulk slash Smart Hulk. And let me say this, and I'm going to say something that I said similarly about my new friend, Clint, from over on Hawkeye. I have never been, like, the biggest Bruce Banner fan. Like, Bruce Banner, like, I don't go into an Avengers movie being like, yay, I'm going to get a whole bunch of the Hulk, and I'm so excited to see what they're going to do with the Hulk. It's That's never been me. But what they did here with him, I really enjoyed it. Like, the way that he sort of played off his cousin. You know, I could see the familial relationship. I saw the familial chemistry between them. That was all really interesting. And at the end of the day, sort of like the smaller, more tender moments... And the moments that kind of filled in some of the gaps, not necessarily about his arm and him, him being smart Hulk and all that kind of stuff, but just giving us new information about Stark and about, uh, you know, life during the blip. Like, all of that was really interesting to me. And uh, Mark Ruffalo did a really good job of bringing the Hulk to life in this episode. I don't know if we're going to get a lot, a lot of the Hulk throughout the series. I've read that we probably are not. So getting like a big dosage of him here and when it's most important, you know, right after Jennifer's exposure to the blood, um, I think made the most sense. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 Hulk smashes? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden Hulk smash. Priscilla, you're up first. I think I'm going to give this 7.5, which is a, a upswing, because when I first watched it, I was like, this is going to be a 6, 6.5, because <laughs> I thought it was like close to failing in that it was just so on the nose and most of the comedy bits except for like the last Captain America F like I didn't um, necessarily click with as well I thought it wasn't as funny as like it was trying to be so, but after talking with you and going through this and like nitpicking it I realized that like yes there are some some really bright moments and I think this this series has um, the ability to improve. I think if you're looking for like a girl power um, TV series that isn't too on the nose and is like perfect in my opinion, go for Miss Marvel. Don't go for She-Hulk. But my opinion might change. So yeah, 7.5. All right. Starting off, I think this is one of the lowest ratings just period over the course of the MCU Disney Plus podcast. I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, okay. I... 
am gonna give it a nine. I feel like a nine is good for this episode. I mean, it was a very exposition-y um, episode. It was an origin story, and some of that for me brought it down uh, a little bit because the origin storiness of it all was a bit on the nose. I didn't mind the girl power stuff. Uh, I didn't mind the comedy. I thought Tatiana Maslany was fantastic. As I mentioned with Mark Ruffalo, I thought he did a really good job. Even Jamila Jamil at the end, uh, just doing villainous posturing was really good as well. Um, so I look forward to actually seeing this series, you know, start running like we we got all of like the expositiony origin stuff out the way now so i look forward to seeing where the series goes um i think this might have been one of those series that could have benefited from either a two or a three episode launch versus just the single episode um, but I understand why Disney Plus probably is now just focusing more on just single episode launches because that means, you know, they have many more weeks to get, you know, interesting uh, streaming view information, streaming ratings and all that kind of stuff versus, you know, what would it have been? I guess six weeks or seven weeks had they done three episodes or two episodes um, at launch. Uh, so, yeah. So um, I... Yeah, I didn't mind it as much as I guess that you did. Uh, I found it fun. I think it is still a little bit rewatchable because of the comedic elements. Um, so yeah, so I think a nine is a, is good enough for me. It's a solid start. And on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Avengers Initiative She-Hulk. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for The Avengers Initiative, She, Hulk, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a good night. Who's that girl? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Subscribe to the Avengers Initiative She-Hulk via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes release every Friday. You can also download the entire series by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Good night.